another episode of uh, our podcast, uh, Better Habits. And today we have a guest, one of our uh, uh, certified habit coaches, uh, Chris. Chris, um, why don't you say hello and uh, just introduce yourself. Hello, everyone. Um, yeah, I'm uh, Chris. I've been working on the Coach Me platform since 2018. Um, and working as a habits coach on that platform, but also I run my own uh, health clinic um, business where I specialize in helping people change the behaviors when it comes to health and fitness and well-being. So I'm based in the UK, but I have clients all around the world um, from the West Coast of America to all the way down to Australia, Germany, India, Philippines, um, everywhere. They pop up pop up everywhere around the world right right yeah. and Jeff for the folks I know we have a lot of uh listeners who are still considering if coaching is something for them um you know how did you end up uh being a, a coach well I um I started off in the late 90s being a, a personal trainer in central London in the UK and um I have a huge passion and love for exercise and health and and so forth i play a lot of sports and just that's my interest so it was a natural thing to go into and suddenly getting paid to teach people and talk to people about exercise it was great you know um one of those jobs where if i didn't i still do it if i wasn't paid type if i didn't have to get paid um just love doing it but I, I found quite quickly that no matter how much you um, gave advice and help when it came to, um, you know, exercise and health, a lot of people just wouldn't do what they need to do when you're not there. So I could do a really good job with a client during a session and they'd get a really good workout and I'd be really happy. And then I'd see them a week later and they wouldn't have really progressed. They wouldn't have kept up the exercise themselves. They wouldn't have st stuck to the nutrition that we spoke about. That started me thinking about, okay, if I can only influence someone one hour a week, that's not going to be enough to really see results. And if they don't get results, they don't stay as clients. If they don't stay as clients, I don't have a business. And then I'll have to go and do something I don't enjoy so much. So I started looking into um, uh, human behavior. And why do people do what they do, even though they say they're going to do something else? And that's led me down the path to more coaching and, uh, and away from training, which I still do and I still love. But a big part of what I do now as a business is coaching and helping people change the behaviors that are not helping them to one's behaviors at will. Um, and that's kind of um, changed my whole approach to how I help people and um, a lot more satisfying when I get people to change who they are and become a different person. That's quite um, satisfying, but also um, it's taught me a lot more, you know, skills and how to communicate with people, how to engage with them and ultimately how to influence them. And um, I kind of came to realize um, that, I'm someone who likes puzzles. I play a lot of chess, for example. Not necessarily I'm good at it, but I like it because the the puzzle element to it. And I kind of see clients like a puzzle. But mm. the thing with clients, um, 
they're all different. So every single puzzle is different. So you've got to uh, treat them differently. You've got to approach them differently and not just have one kind of strategy and formula that you give out to everyone. You've got to um, be very specific, very personalized when you come to coach them. And that's the side of, of the job I really enjoy doing. It's like putting on a different cap every single time you, you coach someone. Um, and it's also fascinating to see how people respond to what you're doing. So basically the answer to your question is if people want to get into coaching, you've got to have that love for um, engaging with people, be able to talk to them, be able to come to their level of, of thinking and so forth. Where I think a lot of coaches can make a mistake, which I've done, and think people have to come up to my level. And actually, to get them up to my level of what I think they should be doing, I need to come down to them first and, and right, help them rise up. So to get into coaching, you've got to have that, that love and that passion for wanting to help people change and not get frustrated too much if they take their time to change you've got to meet them where they are and help them along more than pulling them and, and conjoling them to where you think they need to be so that's what i'd say to people trying to get into coaching it's very satisfying um, when you work with people and see their lives change but it can also be frustrating because people just don't necessarily do what they say they're going to do and you've got to as a coach work out that riddle that puzzle you know they say right. this but then they don't do it right that? and that that leads me to a question that maybe sounds a little bit random but it just popped into my mind while you were talking what what was your you know most difficult client uh difficult case and uh in the end it worked out you managed to to help them with coaching um people come to us and ask for help more than us going down, you know, just down the street saying, do you need help? Do you need help? You know, they come to us. So in the, the realms of, of coaching, you have three, three things uh, that people must uh, kind of do um, to help them move forward. And the first thing is, are they ready to change? Now, that's quite an easy one to answer because if they've come to you for help, then they're ready. Um, going to someone who's not ready to change then that's hard work. And one of the things I've said um, to people over the years when they ask this question about, you know, how do you find clients and how do you work with the, the difficult clients? The difficult ones are the ones that turn up. And I, the first question I ask them is, why are you here? And they'll say, uh, my doctor said I should come and see you or my wife said I should come and see you or my friend said you're, you're great and therefore I should come and see you. And I always say to them, that's the wrong answer. Mm. The answer should be, I'm here because I want to change. And these are the things I want to change. And I need help in doing that. If you've come um, to get help because someone else said you should, you're not really ready. So those type of people are not, they're not ready. Um, you can take them so far, but eventually they're going to um, stop because they're not, they're not really invested in it. It's not, they don't, come on the journey because of they thought they had to it's because someone advised them to so i'm not a big fan of um uh, kind of referrals 
people have got to be ready. The next one is, are they willing to do the things um, to change? If they're not willing to do the things to change and they're happy with the status quo, then they could be re really challenging. Um, because you, you're you going to say on a, from a nutritional point of view, you've got to cut out X. And I go, well, I really like X. Um, then are they willing to do the things necessary to do that? And then the last one is, are they able to do it? So you might be ready, you might be willing, but if you can't actually do it because of your circumstances, your environment, the people around you, then anything a coach advises and recommends you do is not really going to work because you can't implement it. So the answer to your question is everyone is a challenge because of those three things. Um, but probably the most challenging clients, are the ones who've got the ability, they are ready to change, they're willing to change, and they are, are able to change, and they just don't. And you go, and you got everything going for you. Why, why the ch changes in there? And, they, and the ones with those clients, um, it's when the light bulb comes on. They go, ah, now this is what I have to do. And they're the most satisfying ones. Um, and they're the ones I remember the most because you can just see. It can be a, uh, from one day to the next. Suddenly, something goes off in the head and they go, right, time I need to get serious and, and change. And they're the most um, satisfying wins, I suppose. We have a clients who know they they want to change and they're doing the things in this, but the road is long. It takes them a while. Um, they, they're the ones that need their hands held for longer and so forth. It's just the ones that you just see something go and they, for one day, they've been the most dragging them along and thinking, you know, you can't, you know, you can, um, drag a horse to water, but you can't force them to drink. Suddenly, they're just drinking. They just can't get enough of it, and they just fly. They absolutely fly. So I don't necessarily have one case, but they're the kind of people that give the most satisfaction when suddenly they're, they're just flying. And it's, it's quite pleasing to see um, from there. Um, so I always say to people, no matter how, how tough it is or things aren't going right, just stay in the game. Just stay in the game. Don't give up. Right. Just keep doing what you can. And if we get a little bit of progression, then we're winning from right. that. So. Right. And on that point, uh, on my on my list of questions that I've, I've prepared for our talk, uh, one of them was, what do you think is the reason they give up? Like you said it. It is a long journey and that's what I experience. And, you know, people are being often deceived by all this marketing seven day challenge or whatnot. And people think, oh, I can change things in seven days and 21 days and 30 days. Well, the reality is that's not enough to change the behavior. That's not how we work. If you read right. the papers and listen to, to neuroscience these days, they tell the behavior change take from... 60 or even 21 days in a very rare occasion up to 256 that's what i've heard so mm. some habits for some people just take almost a year to become a habit right you know what is your experience that make people give up what what are those danger zones and how people can learn about them know about them and maybe do something about mm. them 
I think it's many factors, um, but I think probably the one that is the most common is they start on a journey. They want to, they want change. They come to you to help them change. And it's really the coach's job to be honest with them from the start. And I always say to new clients, um, I have no idea at this moment what will work for you. And any coach that does, not saying that they're being untruthful, but they're selling something that is going to trip them up more likely later. And if you can't deliver on that, a certain promise, then that client can go, well, you know, uh, this isn't working. Um, and because they've stepped out of their comfort zone for this change, which is uncomfortable, they can easily just step back into the comfort zone and go, that's not for me. So I'm very honest with clients at the start to say, at this stage, I have no idea what will work for you. But as your coach, we will work out what will be right for you. And it's really important because whatever it takes to get to your goal, you then have to sustain it to stay at your goal. There's no point getting you to do unrealistic things to get good results in 21 days or 30 days or whatever it is. And then you can't stay there. You just go back to what you're doing. And I say to people, if, if you're someone who's looking for a short-term win and no long-term gains, then I'm not the coach for you. And there's plenty of coaches out there who will sell you a 30-day dream and they'll get great results in a very short amount of time, but the likelihood of you then maintaining, sustaining those results is, is beyond most people. Yeah. So what we want to do is um, work out what will, what will work for you, but what's realistic, what's sustainable, what can you... Um, keep doing as we move forward if i get that right then the dropout rate is quite low if the person drops out i as a coach look at it and say okay what did i deliver um what did i fail to do to help them stay in the course now i've had clients my longest clients i've had um are 20 years i've been with wow. 20 years the average client will stay about three years. So I'm not saying that to say, hey, you know, great, my client's stay with me. It's more about, okay, what I'm doing must be working to some degree. I do get people who will try it for a few weeks and then drop out. And they're, not, they're probably not really willing or able yep. to make the changes. Um, but I kind of um, pride myself on helping people stay in the game because there is a solution to everyone. We might not find it in the first 21 days. We might not find it in 261 days. But we will find it. And then it's your ability to stick with it. Um, and this is the crux of my, my coaching approach. There's three areas that I help people in. So they can make change and sustain change. And the first thing is to teach someone how to persevere. How to stick to something. How to be robust, how to be um, consistent, how to just push through when things aren't going well. If you can learn that, and if you look at all successful people, they have that skill. If I can teach someone that, then the chance of them giving up is very, very minor, very small. Uh, not guaranteed, but less likely. And then I look at the environment. What environment are you in that allows you to persevere 
are you've got an environment that makes it really hard to stick to something or do we have an environment that makes it really easy no friction everything you're trying to change is easy to do or is it an environment where every time you try to change something it just so it's so difficult there's so much friction there's so much so many barriers and obstacles so if we get the environment right then you can your perseverance is going to pay off it's going to be a lot easier and the last one i've worked people on is self-belief do you believe you can change if you don't have that self-belief then it doesn't matter how much you persevere in your environment if in the back of your head saying this is not going to work. This is, this is not for me, you know, then it's all going to come crashing down. So if I work on those three areas with a client, then they're less likely to give up. Right. They're going to keep going and, and, and wanting to get those results. But at the same time, you've got to show them progression as you go along so that they are winning by doing that, by persevering, by getting the right environment to having more self-belief. If you can see that you're winning, no matter how small the victories are, then they'll keep going. If they don't see any victories, any w wins, then yeah, why, why give in? Why, why keep going? You might as well just, you know, I'm not getting what I want yeah. and therefore I'll give up. So as long as you do those things as a coach, um, uh, it sounds easy, but it's not. Um, then the likelihood of a client giving up is is greatly reduced from there. Right. But if you're trying to if you're trying to um, sell them the uh, the world and promise them everything um, because it sounds good and it'll get them as a client, you probably will. But they won't stay as a client. And what you end up as a coach is spending a lot of your time trying to find new clients instead of keeping your uh, existing clients. Um, so I'd rather go down the road of getting the start right so they stay as a client for longer even though the results might have got to come as quickly um that's better for the the client but it's also better for me as a business because i can spend more time coaching people than having to find clients and that's i've been doing that for 25 years now and it i would it's say it's working. it's working for me <laughs> Because this is all I do. I don't do anything else on the side or anything like that. This is what I do. So I, I'm reinforced by my clients that I'm doing something right. right. If they stay with me and, and I, you know, I charge good money, um, I don't have any, any clients who just throw money at something. They, they're hard workers. They, you know, uh, they're not mega rich. So they don't have a lot of you know, uh, disposable income, but they stay with me. They, they see the value in what they're, they're getting from it. And therefore they stay and that reinforces to me as a coach i must be doing something well otherwise they won't keep paying me money oh, so, right. yeah, that's the rule that's the rule uh test isn't it they keep paying you money <laughs> no that's right and and i wanna uh, i wanna um, uh, reemphasize what you're saying by i, I recently made a post uh, you know what is the biggest mistake that people do uh, in terms of, you know, reaching goal or kind of establishing a habit, which, you know, go hand in hand. And one of these uh, biggest mistakes that I, I pointed out was people think they can do it on their own. And I think mm. what you just said um, is reemphasizing why it is so beneficial to have a coach, because 
this at least two of those three points um, teaching your perseverance, right? It's really hard to teach you teach that yourself, right? I mean, you mm. can read books and you can do things, but we mm. know that our motivation goes up and down. We know that our mood goes up and down. We know the life circumstances change all the time. So in order to, to stay on track, having someone, you know, there, a coach there is very mm. important. And then the last point that you said, changing your image of yourself, your self-belief and believe in your ability to mm. change, I think it's it also so hard to sustain uh, without without a coach. It's really really yeah. hard. You know, you can yeah. listen to motivational speaks, inspirational speeches, and whatnot. Um, they're not there when you need them the most, <laughs> um, yeah. and they don't talk back to you. That's the thing. You know, those speeches. Mm. You know, the speakers. Those yeah. videos that you watch. Uh, they don't speak back to you. They don't reflect back to you. They don't. Uh, they haven't been with you through your journey, right. yeah. um, and that's where coach, I think, is 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 instrumental. If someone hits all those three uh, points, like you said, ready to change, you know, uh, uh, have the ability to change, yeah. and well, the environment you said is something that's possibly can be fixed and change mm. the people you hang out with you can you know do things in your home to make it more helpful for your yeah. new habits you know you can throw away some garbage food <laughs> we're talking about food you can yeah. buy some jumping rope you know what rope whatever it is right so mm. i guess the environment is somewhat changeable so if people are having all those things i think a coach is a such a great investment well, there's a, a few things there. Um, going back to the, you know, perseverance, environment, and self-belief. The how a coach fits in with that is the perseverance side. With my clients, I'm, I, it's accountability. I hold them to account. I will turn off if they turn off. You know, I will hold their feet to the fire. Um, so that will help with perseverance. You, as you say, it's very hard to learn perseverance on your own. Um, but if someone's holding you to account, someone is making sure that, that you check in and they check in with you, then that greatly helps. When it comes to the environment, that's where the education comes into it. So I educate my clients on how to change the environment. And when, when we say environment, it's not just um, your physical environment, but also your mental environment, yeah. um, your uh, social environment, um, the people that you mix with. Um, who who is influencing you outside of me? You know, if, if I'm trying to influence you to live a certain way, and there's twenty people trying to influence you a different way, then you know we're up against it. And then with the self belief, it's having that giving that person the support to um, become the person that they wish to become. So um, accountability, education and support is where a really good coach shines. If you can provide those three things, then a client has a greater chance of winning. But on the, um, the side of getting people to do, make the changes and so forth, it always comes down to value. What is it you value the most? Um, and we can always tell what someone's values by the actions they perform. 
Okay. So if you're saying, um, I need to lose weight, therefore I'm going to cut out ice cream, but then you are eating ice cream, um, that says you value ice cream more than you value weight loss, which is fine. I always say to people, that is fine. It's not a judgment. It's not saying it's wrong, but that's what you value the most. Mm -hmm. What I need to do is help you change that value so that the losing weight is of greater value. That's not to say to not value ice cream. If you want to value ice cream, go for it. But I want, we need to work together to help you value weight loss even more. So when you come to that decision, what we call the, the emotional seesaw, mm -hmm. you know, I want to lose yeah. weight because I feel better and look better, but the ice cream, oh, that's really nice. And that ties into the um, delayed gratification and, mm -hmm. and instant gratification. And um, when someone is in a, a, a certain mindset where instant gratification is what they want, then you can't, you can't defeat that. That's what they're going to have. And that's fine. It's then trying to uh, help them refocus on the delayed gratification. Now. Okay, that's fine. You know, what's the feedback we got from that? Uh, you know, I gave into ice cream because I was tired and stressed. Okay. So how do we make sure you're not tired and stressed? Because when you're tired and stressed, you're more, go you know, for instant gratification. So how do we make it so we have the environment that um, doesn't um, give you uh, that instant gratification mindset more delayed, you know, gratification mindset. So um, talking to someone about the, how they value something, and I can tell quite quickly from someone mm -hmm. how much they value something because how much they're willing to, willing to change, or able to change, or ready to change based on the values they place on things. Um, so, um, that comes back to what you're saying, um, about getting clients, um, you know, uh, to believe in themselves and, and so forth is if they can put enough value on, on that thing in the future that they want to achieve, then you're halfway home as a coach. My job as a coach is to uh, support them, as I say, um, and that's through building rapport with them. Get to know them really well. They get to know me really well. We, we know which, uh, you know, where I'm coming from, where they're coming from. There's a, a, a coaching method called synergistic thinking where um, it's in the book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Mm -hmm. And Stephen Covey talks about, um, you know, one plus one equals three. Mm -hmm. And... He bases that on that um, in a coaching relationship, I'm an expert in what I know. The client is an ex expert in what they know, which is themselves, much better than I will ever know. And if the two experts work together, then you get a bigger outcome than if you have one person leading and one person following. So as a coach, you want to build that relationship um, and that rapport with the client so they... Um, give you their expertise they tell you what they're thinking how they can handle something and then you as a coach off that go okay this is what we're going to do where a lot of times you get coaches who will say right this is what we're going to do just do as i tell you and then we'll get to where you want to go um but if you're not taking into account you know their expertise and what they're capable of doing then one plus one is always going to equal two and yeah. three is a much bigger number. So, 
building that rapport with someone as a coach is so important. Now, I, I started off coaching in a, an environment where it was face-to-face, in a room with someone. Uh, emails were just coming on the scene. Video calling was not even, you know, anywhere close. So now coaching is very more challenging in the sense that if it is just online, how do you build that rapport with someone? So um, I, as a coach, am developing different skills and ways of coaching people. And if you asked me 20 years ago, you'd be coaching people all around the world. Um, I'd be going, how do, they, how, do I, how do I speak to them? I don't know what I'm doing. Um, so that's quite exciting. And that's why Coach Me platform has, has been really helpful um, over the last five, six years to, to learn to be a better coach online and not just face-to-face with someone in the room with me. And that comes with its own challenges and, you know, don't always get it right. Um, but I always try to build that rapport um, as quickly as I can um, because you, have, you just have a better partnership with that person. Sure. I wanted to ask about specific habit because we launched this program, Better Daily, where we go through uh, 48 keystone habits. And we feel these are fundamental habits that if people have them, they have very good foundation for pretty much anything in their life. And we started with sleep. I know you work, you have uh, uh, clients who you help uh, fix their sleep habit. A lot of people know the value of sleep. They understand why it's so important. They still have the issue going to bed on time, uh, sleeping enough hours, looking at their devices uh, before they go to bed, having a good evening routine, having a good morning routine, all these habits around sleep, right? Well, first, you know, share maybe your experience working with your clients around sleep. What are the difficulties? What are the the things that you've seen again and again, people struggle with. And then if you can share one little hack or, you know, thing that yeah. worked for you and your clients around sleep, yeah. that would be amazing. Well, um, when you ask the question about the hack and, and so from there, a part of me goes, oh, I don't know, because my whole approach is to help I people long term, not short term. But as I was saying about small victories and, seeing progress, then those small hacks can help, even though they might not be very a long-term solution. If people are seeing small wins and, you know, they stay in the program and that's the most important thing, keep showing up. So um, sleep is, um, as you rightly said, is, is, is huge. And what you guys are doing with um, what I call, you know, the keystone habits, the, the things, the fundamentals, um, that if you do well and you do it consistently, you'll see progress. Um, and sleep is a, is a big one. It's, it's good that um, the pillars of nutrition and exercise stand on the, the foundation of sleep. So you can do all you want with your nutrition and exercise really well and, and all that. But if you don't have good sleep, then that's all undermined. So it is huge. Um, But on that, it's a really challenging one to get right. So um, a hack would be is um, 
that accountability. So I've had clients who tried to improve their sleep and um, I will message them um, at a certain time at night. And if, if I see that it's been delivered, the message has been delivered or they've answered the message, then they haven't uh, they failed. Their, they failed. Yeah, not failed. Not failed. There's no such thing as failure, just feedback. So the feedback can be, okay, you said you wanted to get to bed at a certain time. What happened that stopped you from doing that? Okay, that's interesting. Let's work out that puzzle, mm-hmm. that riddle, and come up with a solution. So what, what will be different tomorrow? What could you do different tomorrow? But the, the hack there is they know they're going to have someone looking at them. So if you don't have a coach, have a friend, have a uh, someone who will, um, you know, check in with you and go, have you done this? And one of the biggest mistakes people make when it comes to achieving something is they don't share it with people. They might keep it to themselves because if they don't stick to it, it's okay. Only I know I failed, so that's okay. But if you share it with the world, and then the world comes back and go, how's that going? And you're going to go, oh, not so well. You then feel, you know, accountable to doing what you say you're going to do. So the hack would be is tell everyone, as many people as you can, what is it you're trying to achieve? What, what's the action that you said you would do? And then the world will check in with you and see if you have or not. And you've got to ask yourself, do I want to be a, the person that says they're going to do something and never does it? And then, you know, the boy who cried wolf. So I'll, if I keep telling people I'm going to do something and don't do it, people go, oh, yeah, Chris has said he's going to do that. But yeah, whatever, Chris, you, you never keep to it. You don't want to be that person. So actually sharing with people and then seeing it through. Um, so I, I compete, but I'm not good at it. I'm, it's, it's ultra marathons. I go and do, you know, 100K runs wow. and, and things like that because I enjoy being out on the trails. I think that's not competitive at all. It's just you know, uh, a wonderful thing for me to do. But because it's such a hard challenge, months out from a, a race, I will tell as many people as I can that I'm doing it, that I'm doing it. Uh, so at the end of May, I'm doing a 100K race and I tell as many people as I can because they'll say, how's the training going? Oh, that date's getting closer, isn't it? And that just keeps me focused on what I need to do and doing it because I'm I don't want to get to the end of May and people go, how did the race go? Oh, I didn't do it. Oh, I thought you said you were going to do it. You know, I don't want to be that person that doesn't do what they say they're going to do. So that's, I would say, is a good hack um, to just tell people, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to get to bed by 10 o'clock every night. Yeah. I, no, I love it. I, I love it. I think, I think it's a great thing. Uh, I published a book in 2019 uh, about female uh, midlife crisis, and it was hard because a lot of it, a lot, a lot of it was a memoir about my own struggles, and a lot of, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of it was hard to put on paper, uh, let alone kind of get into the world. And um, I think what kept me going and finally kind of hitting that sent to publisher, sent to a uh, printing house button. Uh, uh, that I told people that the book is coming out. I booked the um, yeah. the the book, whatever reading event, you know, the where I would 
I would go autograph book signing event. And I just knew I cannot, you know, I cannot escape. I I, I told people I'm doing it. So there is kind of no mm. going back. So that accountability, definitely. Make sure you get someone who is like, not your best friend, you know, someone who's not going <laughs> to let you go. Yeah, let you off. That easy. Yeah. Mm. Well, it, it goes into the, um, the back to the really, really willing and able. If, if I say to clients, okay, I'm going to achieve X, what is it you're willing to do? If they kind of are and go, mm -hmm, then they're not willing or um, ready to, to make the change. And that's okay. We have to change the goal. So what is it you are able, uh, ready and willing to do? And then we'll work with that. Because if you put someone on the spot and say, okay, what are you willing to do? And they can't make that commitment, then um, don't force something onto them. Saying, right, Lydia, I want you to do this. This is what you need to do, Lydia, to get that, okay? And you nod your head because I'm the coach. You're paying me money and you nod your head. And then when we get come off the call, you go, yeah, not really. <laughs> No, oh, that's tough. That's hard work. I'm not really willing to do that. Um, but I just said yes to Chris because, you know, um, it's, it got me out of the, the uncomfortable situation. So as a coach, never force things onto people. Get them to come up with the, the solution on their own and see what they're willing to do um, to move forward. But then that comes back to, as you say, having people around you that are supportive and there are, um, I'd say to my clients, there's four types of people you encounter when trying to achieve a goal. First one is a buddy, someone who will do it with you. Who's got the same goal and they'll go to the gym with you or um, they make sure that you're on the same diet together and things like that. But as you said, then why not hold your feet to the fire? And then you've got cheerleaders. So a coach would be a cheerleader. So I say to my clients, I'm your cheerleader. I will support you, I'll encourage you, um, I'll hold you to account. Um, and I'll be your biggest supporter. And then you've got what we call your saboteurs, the people who don't mean to, but they'll put things in the way and undermine what you're trying to do. And it's usually the people who, who love you and they're trying to you know, make you happy and, and things like that. And they know that some ice cream is, makes you happy, but that's sabotaging your weight loss goal, for example. Mm. Um, and those people, all you need to tell them is, this is what I want. Achieving. That's why it's so of great value to me. I need your help. And they suddenly become cheerleaders. The people you want to avoid is the hecklers. The people who say, oh, you've done this before. You've tried this before. It's never worked. You know, um, what's the point of doing it again? Um, and they usually have got their own issues, those people. Maybe they failed at achieving what you're trying to achieve. And therefore, seeing you fail will reinforce that it's not possible. Therefore, it's not them. It's the goal that's impossible um so they've got their own you know issues um and you can't avoid hecklers they're always going to be around but what you want to do is surround yourself with as many buddies and cheerleaders as you can and convert as many saboteurs to cheerleaders as you can and then the hecklers don't have so much influence but you only if you're always surrounded by hecklers then it's um not going to be easy um so yeah, getting the right people around you, sharing it with the people who know who you know who will support you and encourage you, then yeah, it's uh, probably the best hack of all. Don't keep it to yourself. Share it, even if you fail, it's okay. Um, you've tried, and you put yourself out of your comfort zone, and people will admire you for that. 
and um, and uh, support you um, when things don't go well. But if you keep it to yourself, no one knows. And they can become saboteurs because they have no idea that you want to achieve, you know, writing a book. You know, if you get it to yourself, then people are going to throw up um, obstacles without knowing it. Um, so, yeah, talk to people, um, especially when it comes to sleep. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Chris. It's been it's been very interesting. I uh, hope our listeners also got, uh, you know, got a lot of information for their consideration whether to hire a coach or to become one. You know, coaching is, in my view, is one of those kind of life skills that everyone would benefit. Not necessarily okay. becoming a professional coach, but just having these coaching skills. So okay. thank you so much. Yeah. It's been it's been it's been great. And all the links uh, to Chris's website and profile on uh, coach.me will be at the bottom. So please go ahead and check out uh, those those links and uh, join uh, join coaching. All right. Well, Thanks, that's all for today. Thank you.